Hi, I'm the Ish Girl, and you're listening to episode 110 of In the Middle of It. The podcast where parents and teachers can find ideas, strategies, and resources for connecting with teens. Hi, I'm Amy, also known as the Ish Girl, and I am so excited that you're with me today. I want to welcome you to In the Middle of It, and if you've been here a while, then you know that I call myself the Ish Girl because of the special meaning that I have attached to it. Because an Ish Girl is one who has humorous grace with herself when realizing she's messed up or flaked out again. Well, this week I have had a lot of opportunity to practice that grace with myself because I had a honking big ish girl moment or incident. And yes, honking big is a very professional way to put it. Anyway, every year I take my mother-in-law Christmas shopping. She is homebound and it's something that we do together. And I usually take her, we shop, we go to lunch and then we bring all the stuff home and I help her wrap her gifts and things like that. But of course, this year looked different because of COVID. And so instead of taking her out shopping on Monday, I went and I helped her make her list of everyone she wanted to get gifts for and kind of set her budget a little bit. And then I took that list and went and got everything, brought it back, and then we wrapped her gifts at home. Now, what I haven't mentioned yet is that she lives about an hour away from where my family and I do. And so it's an easy day trip. It was perfect. Uh, you know, it's, it's really great to be this close. We used to live out of state. And so it's a real blessing for us to be able to just pop over in a mere hour to go see her and visit. And if she needs help with anything or whatever, we can get over there. But I did the Christmas shopping on Monday and the ish stuff <laughs> happened on Tuesday because she called and she said, Oh, Amy, I think you left your notebook at my house. And I had, but this isn't just any notebook. All right. I've got to explain now as an ish girl, um, I'm a little bit scattered sometimes, but a strategy that I've used for the past few years, which has worked beautifully is that I keep one notebook and it has my life in it. So anytime I take notes or, um, have brainstorming sessions or anything like that, I put it in this notebook and I had left it at her house, which I kind of panicked a little bit, but then I thought about it and I thought, you know what? I'm good for the next couple of weeks. I can probably hang in until after Christmas. So I'm like, okay, no worries. I will come get it after Christmas. And, and so I just let it go until a couple of hours later when she called and said, Hey, Amy, do you have my credit card? And oh my gosh, like, I just was like, oh, my heart sank because of course I did. Of course I did. I had left it in my wallet. I'd taken it to make the purchases for her Christmas gift. So I, I had her credit card. And so I knew that I would need to make the trip back over to make the exchange. And so I did, I ended up making that, that trip again. And I was so glad for the opportunity to see her, her one more time and to give her a big hug. But man, I was so frustrated with myself. And this is where the grace comes in. Because in this crazy holiday season, where everything is just a little more complicated because of, and I think we can all see it together now, COVID, I already felt 10 steps behind. And I am curious about you guys. This year has been a lot, especially, especially for teachers. And so many people are asking things of you. I know students are, of course, um, but also administrators and the parents of students and 
I have a couple of questions for you because if you're multitasking right now, or if you're a little bit distracted as you're listening to the podcast, I really want you to come back to me because I really, truly want you to think about these questions that I'm going to ask you. And I'm asking because it really fits with the experience that I had this week too. So I feel your pain. So just listen to these questions, pause if you need to really kind of give it some thought and think about it. But I really want you paying attention so that we can move forward in this because I have some ideas. <laughs> all right. So first of all, are you struggling with the feeling of demands coming at you from all different directions? And is your to-do list a mile long? Is there never enough time to get to everything and you feel like you can never get ahead? Is overwhelmed and exhausted your default setting? It's more characteristic of you than not. And do you ever wonder why your list keeps growing instead of getting shorter? And are you struggling to find a work-life balance? Now, if any of these questions resonated with you, and if you answered yes to most of them, then I am so glad that you're here because it's time to take a deep breath. 2020 is almost over, and this is a really great time to do some reflecting on how you're managing your work life, your home life, and just all of the things. So we're going to talk about one very practical step that you can put into place today that will decrease your overwhelm and make you more productive. Now, oftentimes our lists are too long because we're others focused, which sounds good, but I would, I would offer this. That sometimes is a very nice way of saying that we are people pleasing. Now, being a people pleaser, that's kind of a buzzword right now, but I want to make sure you guys really understand what that is. So a people pleaser is someone who has the need to please others at the expense of their own emotional well-being. For example, doing your best work for your boss or your administrator at the expense of creating a healthy meal for yourself or exercising. I think we've all been there. Or maybe you're spending your lunch helping a student instead of taking that mental rest from your day that you need to recharge and be more emotionally ready for the students in the afternoon. Now, if you're like me and, you, and you're thinking about those two examples, you might be thinking, those are good things, aren't they? Like the, that's really great to do good work for your boss or to help a student. And I would answer that, yes, they absolutely are good things, but I'm going to add a caveat because it is very easy to confuse pleasing people with kindness. And what that means is saying no might feel mean or selfish. So if that's your mindset, if you feel like it is mean or selfish to say no, or that consistently and continually sacrificing your health and your mental well-being and your time in order to be kind, then I would say if you're not giving yourself permission to say no, then I would say those things are not good things because those things, if you're of the mindset that I cannot say no, I do not have permission to say no, those are things that have the potential to leave you feeling drained or taken advantage of or even resentful. And I would say if you're coming at it from that people-pleasing place, you most definitely have felt all three of those things, drained, taken advantage of, and resentful. 
Now, the question might be, where does this people pleasing come from? And I think that's a whole nother podcast episode on its own. And in fact, if you want to do a deeper dive into that, I have a link to a really great article about kind of where people pleasing is generated from in my show notes. So you can check those out at theishgirl.com forward slash EP110. But for what I'm talking about today, what I think from that article that I pulled that I think is really helpful is that you have to know that the fear of rejection or abandonment drives pretty much everything that a people pleaser does. So I'm going to say that again, the fear of rejection or abandonment drives pretty much everything a people pleaser does. Now, are you a people pleaser? Are you not sure if you're one? Are you thinking maybe I'm one? I don't know. I'm not really sure. What I would say is, again, I'm going to point you to the show notes because there's another great article there that is literally called like 10 signs that you're a people pleaser or something along those lines. And it lists obviously 10 things that might be signals or signs that you are a people pleaser. And I'm just going to share a couple of questions related to those 10 things here just to kind of give you a flavor and an idea. And so some great questions to ask yourself are things like, do you feel burdened or overwhelmed with everything you have to do? And do you have trouble saying no to requests? Are you uncomfortable with making someone angry at you? Now, if this is resonating with you at all, then what I want to do first is offer you a very sincere congratulations. And I'm not being sarcastic at all. I feel like I have to qualify that because um, I think a lot, if not most middle school teachers are very fluent in sarcasm. And this is very much a sincere congratulations because recognizing that this might be a pattern in your life is what is going to help you change it. And I want to offer you hope here because there are definitely steps that you can take to change this. And there's specifically a small step that you can take today to start overcoming those people-pleasing habits. And that is to say no. Now, it sounds super simple, but it can be really, really difficult to do that. And it can often be painful to do that for people pleasers. And believe me, I know because I am a recovering people pleaser myself. In fact, I would say that many times saying no is actually physically painful in my body because that people pleasing part of me just rejects it and doesn't want to do it. But I will also say that learning to do this for me has helped alleviate a lot of stress and it's helped me to be more protective of my time. Now, is that easy? Again, no, it is not easy. Simple, not easy. Can you do it? Absolutely. Because if I can, you sure can. And it just starts with taking those small steps and saying no is the first step to getting your time back as well as a bit of your sanity, I would say. And the great thing is there are tons of ways to say no. Now I have included a link in the show notes as well to 10 ways to say no without feeling guilty. And this is a free resource that provides you with a ton of different ways to say no. 10, obviously, I may have thrown in a bonus, but it's things like, thanks so much for the opportunity, but I'm gonna have to pass. Or I'm really not free to commit to that right now. And my plate is full right now, so I can't. So what I would love for you to do is download that and find a couple that feel right for you. Ones that just really fit who you are, what your personality is, 
and then find someone you trust and practice saying them out loud. I will also throw this in here too. You might realize that you're a people pleaser if like me, and I, I literally used to do this in the past, if you walk into a department store like Macy's and you take the long way around the perimeter of the store so that you don't have to say no to the people offering perfume samples or makeup offers or things like that, I would literally go around the edges of the store so that I did not have to say no to those people. Like again, like I hated disappointing people that much and which was not healthy clearly. So I would say if you're wanting to practice the saying no thing, that might even be a great place to start. In the little places where maybe you feel a, a little bit of friction to say no, in a more public place with people who aren't necessarily meaningful to you. I mean, I know that lady who's selling the perfume samples is probably very a lovely human being, but it's okay for me to say no to her. And so to practice saying no, whether it's no, thank you, or thanks for the opportunity, but I'm going to have to pass or, or whatever it is. You can look at that 10 ways to say no without feeling guilty. So I would almost say practice with people who don't have a significance in your life, but you're coming into contact with them before you move on to practicing with others. And then I would say the next step would be practicing with those people who you trust and who know you and love you well. So, okay. Now here's what I've discovered about saying no. What I've discovered is that living in a place where I can say no gives me the freedom to say yes with love. So let's go back to the Christmas shopping that I did for my mother-in-law. So there was a time when I did that and I said yes to doing that and volunteered to do that because I knew I'd feel guilty if I said no, or if it would inconvenience some other people and might make them mad at me or might make them feel like I wasn't doing my duty with my family or, or whatever. Once I was able to shed that, and now that I've been able to give myself permission to say no, I've realized that it's actually something that I really enjoy. It's become an act of love that it never could have been before when I felt like I had no choice. Now, obviously that's not always the case. There are definitely things that I sometimes say no to, and it is a joy to say no and a relief. And it just makes me very happy inside that to know when I've protected my time from something that I just, I have no business doing because my heart is not in the right place for it. But knowing that I can't say yes in love without the freedom to say no has really shifted everything for me. Now, why is this important for us? Why is it important for teachers specifically? Because if your end goal is to mentor your students and to make an impact with them, you're gonna have to get control of your own emotions first. And I would say that if you're people pleasing, then you are not in control of those emotions because you are, rather than choosing something in love, you are reacting to something, reacting rather than choosing. Now, when you're able to choose, your students are going to sense that. They're going to see that you're more relaxed. You're going to be a safe person in their lives because when you are comfortable and free to say no to others, that means that you're opening the door to be a safe person to say no to yourself. Others can say no to you and it's a very easy to respect that because you understand the dynamic there and the power of being able to say yes and love. And I don't know about you guys, 
but I don't want anyone saying yes to me because they feel obligated or because they're worried that I'm going to get mad or anything like that. I want it to be a freely and lovingly given yes. So the changes we long to make in the lives of our students starts by showing them that we are willing to work at it ourselves. We are willing to put ourselves out there and be authentic and vulnerable and do the work to have a growth mindset and to continually strive to be that best version of ourselves, to use jargon of the day, right? To be the best version of yourself. Okay, for you, what are some action steps that you can take today to start making this shift? Well, first of all, I would say, you really want to download that free resource that I'm offering and choose those one or two ways that feel right to you. And you know what? I would say read them out loud and pay attention to how you're feeling in your body. Which ones kind of make you tense up? Which ones feel like a like a, an expanding in you rather than a contracting? And choose those. And then I would take it one step further. I would find something on your to-do list, and this is a challenge, I know, find something on your to-do list that you can eliminate by telling someone, no, I'm sorry, I cannot do that. And then make that call and write the email to take it off your list. And then, and this is super important because we're often way more likely to follow through on something if we tell someone. So I would love for you to let me know how it goes. Reach out to me via social media, email me if you are part of my weekly email list. You can just respond directly to one of my emails to let me know what are you taking off your list? What are you saying no to? And even what are those couple of things that you've chosen to be able to say no comfortably without guilt to people? All right, if you take these small steps and continue to do so, continue to practice this, then I guarantee you that the overwhelm will start to decrease. It's not easy, but it is so very worth it. Now, if you are a people pleaser, and you are wanting to conquer that in your life and conquer that in your mindset, and you need help with that, then I would love for you to join me for my workshop on boundaries. I'm holding it several times in January, and it is a one-hour session where I will be sharing several more of these steps and strategies that will help you set and hold very healthy boundaries. And it's going to help you live in that freedom of being able and having permission to say no so that you can say yes in love. And that is a very powerful place to be, my friend. All right. There's a link to get on the wait list for those workshops in the show notes. I highly encourage you to go there and to get on that wait list so that I can let you know as soon as these open. And I also wanted to let you guys know that next week we are going to be talking about how to stop recreating the wheel with the organization systems in your classroom, because you don't have to recreate the wheel. There are thousands and thousands of teachers out there who are doing it and doing it well. And as you guys know, the great teachers are also great sharers. All right. From an ish girl who is still in recovery from people pleasing. I am so grateful to be in the middle of it together. 